Welcome to our community of abundance-minded entrepreneurs. Join us as we meet people who believe that there is enough prosperity for everyone in the world, that collaboration is better than competition, and people who have chosen to master their own destinies as entrepreneurs. When I say community, I mean it. Our guests are here because they want to meet you. So be sure to take advantage of their invitation to connect at the end of the interview. Now let's meet another abundance-minded entrepreneur. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy himself, and our guest today is Laura DiBenedito. She is a TEDx speaker, number one best-selling author of The Six Habits, and Life Mastery Coach. Laura teaches how to create the life of our dreams without sacrificing what we love. As founder and CEO of Vision Advertising, a company that she built at age 19, she has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs build and grow profitable enterprises entirely on their terms. And Laura also helped me develop the concept, which I now teach of the two-person networking event that we kind of came up with by accident, uh, by happenstance, and by by just meaning to do good things. And I said, hey, more people should do this. So welcome, Laura, to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Fun to be your co-creator of that thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so let, let's start by talking about that. Um, so yeah. the, the concept of it was, was just that we had a one-to-one, and, and if I recall correctly... I think you brought up the idea. You're like, hey, how about I introduce you to five people and you introduce me to five people? And then you you were uh, an overachiever and you're like, well, I'm going to choose you to six. And I was like, well, I can't let that stand. I'm going to introduce you to seven. Um, that's, and, the, that's the kind of competition I really like. Yeah. Yeah. And then went on like that. So Yeah, so you introduced me to a lot of really awesome people and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I had fun introducing you as well. It's been, you know, it's, I've gotten nice positive feedback about you and I mean, what a hell of a concept. I mean, that's how I've been able to build so much of my own success. And mm-hmm. my network is by openly asking for and advocating for mutual introductions, especially with the world being so digital these days and lots of Zoom recordings. It's very hard to meet people organically. So you mm-hmm. really have to request um, some help. And it's very easy to request the help when you're offering it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a great concept. As I said, you were the first person who ever proposed that idea of like setting a target and intentionally reciprocating. Yep. Uh, so and is just, that something you, you'd done before? Or is that just kind of an on the spot idea about like, Hey, let's do five referrals for each other. No way, man. I've been doing this for years. Um, so I started my first company at 19 and, you know, I just really started leaning into it really hard for, my God, I mean, I'd say pretty much the whole career, like, hey, you know, who do you know? Can I introduce you to some people? And, you know, I would say when I was younger, um, I didn't quite get it as much. I remember going to the BNIs of the world and hearing that givers gain and be like, this is so stupid. Like, nobody wants to show up to BNIs and pay to be a part of a group so they can just give stuff. That's not the point. So I never really resonated with it, even though I was part of BNI for like three years. But I don't know if it were framed differently, it probably would have made um, more sense to me because it's really more of like the joy of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like karma. Like the, like, yes, you can obviously ask as you know, you and I did for each other is getting very specific, but you can also um, just put lots in the karmic piggy bank. Like when you're just a good person that people enjoy talking to and, you know, playing with, you know, like in the sandbox metaphor, like, you know, be the kid that the other kids want to hop in the sandbox with and play with. Like, be that kid. Yeah. You know, if you're that kid, more people will want to play with you. And then referrals come to you without asking. And then you get clients. So. Yeah, I, I love that. And and it's such, 
I, I sometimes share the story about, because I, I love introducing people. I'm not so good with the organization and the memory. So I will regularly get like follow-up thank yous, uh, you know, emails especially. Usually if it's on Facebook Messenger, we're actually connected as friends. But I'll get an email from someone and they'll say, thank you so much for connecting me with so-and-so. I got the job and now I'm now I'm working. I'm really happy there. And I'm like, thank you, random citizen, because I don't remember them. I don't remember the job I introduced them to. I don't remember who I introduced them to. It's, it's just this random, like, thank you out of the blue. And I'm like, cool. That's that glad cool. I did that. All right. You're crushing it, dude. I love it. Yeah. Um, but so, so you said you started your first business at 19, which mm-hmm. is a little bit earlier than most people started. I mean, I started my first business at 22, but it never made a single cent in profit. So I imagine your your first business did better than that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it would still be going. Uh, I retired from it um, in 2018. So it definitely did well uh, for me and continues to thrive. And um, man, it's been a heck of a ride. It's been nice to create something that, you know, here I am at 41. I'm just like, wow, I built that. That's cool. <laughs> it's nice, you know, like I get to be happy about it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So, so so first off, what inspired you at 19 to build a business? Uh, well, I'd love to give you some song and dance about how I was deeply inspired to change the landscape of like entrepreneurship and stuff like that. But that was not the case. I worked for a bunch of people that I thought were idiots and I wanted a job that I wouldn't be fired from or want to quit. So I was like, screw you guys. I'm doing this myself. I love it. And now I, I meet a lot of people in their like 30s and 40s who come to that epiphany but they've worked for 20 years for a bunch of idiots and kept getting fired. And they had to touch the stove many, many times before they realized they could stop touching the hot stove. I did Um, it all at once because I had 14 jobs in one year. Oh, okay. um, So you did like 20 years of business in, in one year. Kind of. Well, I just tried on a bunch of jobs that, you know, I wouldn't say they were beneath me because I don't think that any job is beneath anyone, but they were definitely not jobs that I wanted to be in for any long period of time. Mm. Um, these were like really just entry level, just like dead end jobs, um, that really weren't going to go anywhere. And I, I tried my hand at corporate and I really, really hated it. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, it was really maddening. And there's also this, um, uh, this term that's new, but the concept is not like this age old credentialism, um, that's really common in like corporate America and like some of like the better opportunities. I'm like, screw you guys. I'm going to go make 10 times that and you can stuff your credentialism. <laughs> so because you didn't have a degree or you didn't have a certification or. Correct. Or whatever, even though you had the, the knowledge and the skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's stupid. It's like, you know, you can have a, a degree in like, I don't know, like the fine art of like farting into a tuba and then you get a job because you have a degree. Like it just, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know, like why have a degree to what? So you can show that you went into debt for something like how about a l- real life experience where you can demonstrate that you can actually do it. There's not enough of that. I've got a major, major issue with this for many years, but mm-hmm. you know, my way of fighting back is it's like, well, um, I'm actually going to be really, really successful without your ridiculous system of credentialism. So have fun with that. I'll be over there making a ton of money. I, I love that. That is a, a fantastic attitude. And actually the, the, the timing of this conversation is interesting because I just just yesterday um, publicly committed to a goal I've set, which has helped three of my friends achieve six-figure incomes. Like, not as clients, not as, this is not a program. This is simply, 
I know people and I find opportunities often they're asking me to do. And I'm like, sorry, I'm, I'm busy, but I know some other people. And one thing I found interesting is I've had a couple of people tell me that one of the best uh, training grounds for success in things like joint venture management and operations management is being a mom. Because if you can handle kids running around and the house and, um, and all that kind of stuff, then running operations for a company is relatively simple because they're all adults and relatively rational. Absolutely. And some of the, the best operation manager, their background is not a degree. Their background is, is doing something outside of business that incorporate. They'd be like, so you haven't worked for 10 years? Like, no, I have. I've worked at home. Absolutely. I mean, man, uh, I met someone recently who uh, was asking me like what one of my friends did. And I was like, oh, you know, she um, she's a mom and she's a photographer. And he's like, oh, well, is she like a full time photographer? I'm like, no, but she's a full time mom. And that's a ton of work. He goes, that's not work. I'm like, dude, I'm going to kill you where you stand. <laughs> And that's when I shot like, him. There will be just smoke coming out of your sneakers left on the ground. Do not speak this way about parents. Parents yeah. work their butts off. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and mothers in particular, because, I mean, you know, I don't know if you're a parent, but when you've got little kids, they skin their knees. They love daddy, but they want mommy. Mm -hmm. They just do. So there's there's not even like a vote in the matter. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, I need to be free. Well, too bad. Like yep. kids just want their mommy. So there's an unfair burden on women. And that guy's comment went right, right in sideways. I was like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a really interesting bias, but you know, I, I actually heard a compliment of, of a, uh, a woman who is an operations manager and says that, you know, she, that, that you, you can tell she has a bunch of kids because of the, the skill that she manages the business operation with mm -hmm. well, and just recognize that. It, you know, management is managing chaos. Managing tiny humans is managing a lot of chaos. Yeah. It is. You know, Absolutely. Because you've got these tiny, irrational people that want to do what they want to do. And they can't be reasoned with sometimes. And they have very limited understanding of things. And you just sometimes cannot just say, go do this because I said so. I mean, I was raised that way, but I didn't listen. I mean, there's <laughs> like managing children is managing a lot of chaos. So... Uh I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs out there listening would have been like, I, wait, were you talking about children or my employees? Maybe both. It depends. <laughs> if, but the good thing is, um, you know, if you have, um, if you have like a lot of kids, you know, I, so I live in Florida and there's particular, I don't know what it is with this neighborhood, something in the water. Lots of people have like three, four or five kids, a lot of kids. Mm. Um, and, you know, if for some reason any of them were to, you know, want a job when they were done focusing on full-time motherhood, I would absolutely give them a shot. I want to see what they're capable of. You know, I'm not a credentialist. It's like, all right, let's try it. Let's have you in for a day or two and let's see how you handle problems. Yeah. Let's see what you know about these things. I mean, there's a knowledge gap, but that can be filled, mm -hmm. you know, like that's easy enough. You can learn about things and, you know, certain things you learn on the job. Um, but like also, hello, CEO, that's the, that's one of the few jobs that you, you can only learn by getting it. Yep. You can't like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm an experienced CEO. No, you're not. Like your first <laughs> time being a CEO, like how do you qualify by your credentials? Not really. You know, it's like maybe being the VP or whatever. Like you at, at, a, at a minimum, there's going to be a, a bit of learning on the job no matter what you do. So why are we so hard on people who don't have degrees or have been parenting for 10 or 20 years? Like mm -hmm. why? These people have tons of skills. Absolutely. Yeah. There, and there's, and, and I think a lot of businesses, they miss out on opportunities 
I mean, I'm, I'm seeing this interesting dual track in the American economy of the corporate world, which is, which is, you know, labor shortage and, oh, you know, so much scarcity uh, and, you know, we'll only pay you 17, 15, $9 an hour because these are your credentials versus the entrepreneurial world where they'll take someone who uh, is fresh out of high school or has been parenting for 20 years or whatever, because they see the potential and they recognize, all right, with what you know, you can make me $100,000 or a million dollars, and I'm happy to give you 10% of that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm very proud of the fact that um, degrees are not required um, at my marketing company. They never have been. It's a nice to have, not a need to have. But if you can demonstrate that you've got good experience or good skills, like if you write me a cover letter that knocks my socks off and you can demonstrate that you can, you know, that you know about the job and what it's going to demand of you. I mean, honestly, like I feel like a lot of people who don't have degrees, they're going to work harder because they've mm-hmm. had to. So yep. if you want to get someone who's going to bust their butt for you, maybe get someone who is more scrappy, more self-made, mm-hmm. more, you know, reliant on themselves versus a little piece of paper. Absolutely. Um, so, so you started business at 19. How did you get the so vision advertising? I assume an advertising agency, marketing firm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so how did you develop the, the skill set to be able to do that? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Trial by fire, just throw it, just jump in the fire. That's it. I mean, you know, you get the skill set by believing that you can do it and doing it anyway, even when you're wrong. And then you figure it out. I mean, you know, did I know how to do sales when I started this? No, but I figured it out real quick. Did I know (laughs) how to build anything like a website or marketing plan? No, but I figured it out. And, you know, through years of figuring out like how to do it, I learned a lot of valuable lessons about how not to do it, how a lot of people get really taken advantage of when they buy from someone who doesn't have high integrity, how people get really um, screwed over by marketers, mm-hmm. um, what I can do to be the antidote to that. Um, integrity is everything to me. So lots of people have like um, core values. Sometimes it's like love, adventure, blah, blah, blah. Like my top two are integrity and adventure. And so that actually works out really well for me as an entrepreneur personally, because mm-hmm. um, A, I'm willing to take risks and I'm do I'm willing to do things, not fully knowing how it'll turn out, but hoping it'll be awesome. Um, and I always take care of people. And sometimes that means I don't benefit, but that's what integrity means. Mm-hmm. So learning how to do all this stuff came from, in a sense, being very true to who I am and what motivates me as a person. Um, and then passing everything through that lens of, you know, can working together with my client be enjoyable, which would check the adventure box. Can I do the right thing by them and, you know, really help them and like help them with their core objective, which is to grow their company and feed their family um, and put their kids through college. Can I do that? Absolutely. So, you know, you, you just learn things. And if you use your internal compass, to guide you, you'll figure out what things you need to learn and the way that you want to provide them. Here's the other thing that um, probably bears pointing out. There's no one way to do anything. And I think this actually stops a lot of people from wanting to be entrepreneurs. They have this assumption that I need to learn how to, for lack of a better example, build a website. Well, how do you build a website? Well, here's the truth. Any way you like, mm-hmm. um, you know, like 
as a surgeon will tell you, there's a, a lot of different ways to perform surgeries, especially, you know, in the cosmetics, you know, um, there's a lot of um, ways to do things, a lot of ways to solve problems. And it's not just one answer. There's a multitude of answers. And sometimes there's an answer out there that hasn't been created yet that you, the entrepreneur, can actually create um, for yourself. So my method of doing marketing plans is untouchable, unfreaking touchable. It is one of the best, if not the best, um, marketing plan systems and um, basically theologies out there. I've never seen one that can come close to what my company and what I have created because I created the thing that comes from high integrity and understanding the core needs of the business owner. And the core needs are the things they don't tell you. The core mm -hmm. needs are, I want to put my kid through college. I want to buy a boat. Okay, well, you need a lot of different things in order for that to happen. So let's get to the core needs and do this the right way and understanding psychology, social science, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I invented it. And that's why it works is because everything out there that I saw for a marketing plan, how to was crap. It wasn't good enough. And because I'm a high integrity person, my clients get the best because I demand the best. I demand the best. But they don't have to. Yeah. And, and I, I was thinking about how, you know, you said, you know, you figure it out because you have to. And if you, if you're a, a client and you're saying, okay, who am I going to hire? I'm going to hire the, this established marketing agency with a proven track record of 73 years. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that they, they were advertising on the radio and it was new um, versus this, this scrappy kid who's like, I'm going to figure this out and we're going to rock this and I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. I feel like as an entrepreneur, you'd be like, you know, you sound like me. You sound like someone's going to work as hard as I am my business instead of, and especially, you know, if they're a smaller business, if they go to, to XYZ marketing agency, that's a million years old, they're going to get some account executive who's, who's fresh off the turnip truck in training and, following some half-baked system, which is mostly designed to get checks out of clients and not get sales into clients. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think some people listening be like, might be like, well, how'd you get clients? And so it sounds like with that level of passion and integrity, I could see entrepreneurs saying like, I'm going with you. I don't know what you can do. You may not know anything, but I'm sure you're going to stay up all night to figure it out and well, make sure yeah. something happens for me. There's, there's a lot to that. You know, um, I worked really hard to deeply understand um, and be able to fully wrap my hands around the entire scope of the problem. And I'm very, very good at asking very deep probing, often annoying questions, <laughs> but the annoying questions, sorry, but they get you to the truth. Mm -hmm. And I'm good at finding out the absolute core truth and then doing something about it. So yeah, there's a lot of big marketing companies that actually give folks like me a bad name, but I don't sell to corporate on purpose. I'm not giving you a proposal in response to your RFP, you can take your RFP and stick it where the sun don't shine. You're not reducing me to a dollar figure. If you want the best, call me. If you're just looking for a number, go eat dart. Like it's not going to happen. Like I don't care. And I've been successful enough where I get to say no. Mm -hmm. And I, I do it on my terms. So the one of the things that's probably irritated me the most over all these years of doing marketing and helping entrepreneurs, I mean, that's who I sell to is entrepreneurs. Even now with my consulting that I do with my second company, I serve entrepreneurs. It's what I do. Would be entrepreneurs and already have been entrepreneurs. The main issue, people do not know how to buy what I sell. Matter of fact, people don't know how to buy what most people sell. And if you have a lick of integrity, you will educate that person so well that they can easily do business with anybody but you, but they won't because they like you and they trust you. Yeah. You need to empower people to do business with anyone they want because they know how to buy it. 
Like that's probably the number one problem I've faced over all 22 years of running this company is all these customers I've had over the years, long-term, short-term clients, everything. They don't know how to buy it. Mm. So my job has been, I'm going to educate you. I'm going to teach you how to buy it. And I'm going to advocate for you. Um, even if I'm not the right answer for you, because somebody needs to, because you have no idea what you're doing and you're about to write a huge check that could sink your company or send it to the moon. You can't afford to not have it go to the moon because you've got a small business here and you have kids at home and you've got some big dreams. And I'm not going to participate in watching that stuff die. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is a concept I've, I've heard, which is, um, was it sell them, sell them what they want and give them what they need. Because yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't know what they they, they think they need. Uh, as I was just listening to on on Phil Pluch's Billionaires and Boxers podcast, he was mentioning that you know he'll talk to people all the time. They're like, I just need more prospects. And he's like, No, you need to be able to close the prospects you have. If you could, yeah. you know, you know, your your closing ratio is seven percent. Um, so you don't need a hundred more prospects. You need to get that up to thirty percent, and then you don't need to spend more money on leads. Uh, but but all they can you know Very they true. fixate onto one thing. And Absolutely. a lot of people are like, oh, you want leads? I'll sell you leads. And then they buy more crappy leads that they still can't close. Mm -hmm. And they buy worse and worse leads and spend more and more money. And as you said, they write a big check and and drive into the ground because because no one has the integrity to stop and say, is that what you need? Is that really? Right. And that's where I come in, you know, and that's yeah. what I've been proud to do all these years. And, you know, I think that's probably the best part of the consulting work that I do now. Mm -hmm. So the marketing company is still going and, and it's got all of my systems and everything that I put in place. So if anybody listening is like, oh my God, I need some of that kind of marketing. Well, guess what? We're still kicking. Don't worry. And if you want some one-on-one, -on -one, you know, through like consulting, that's me. But um, it, it's interesting when I start working with people, they present the problem as they see it which is usually looking at the tip of the iceberg. Well, let's mm -hmm. flip that sucker over and let's see what the problem really is. And, and I think that's probably one of the bigger changes that I made is instead of just doing straight marketing and, and that's it, now what I'm doing for people is I'm helping them to figure out their entire business and also their general um, well-being as an entrepreneur and as a human. And mm -hmm. that really gives it a nice kind of like, you know, global um, touch. So I'm not just touching surface things through marketing and, and doing like just the businessy things. Like, um, for example, I help people to understand why they can't write their book. Well, mm -hmm. you can't write your book because you don't know how to be vulnerable, which means you probably need to go to therapy because you have trust issues. So let's work on that. Like, you know, or, um, we're not clear. Well, it's cause you have no idea who your avatar is because you have no idea who you are. Let's figure that out. Why are you doing what you're doing? I don't know. I want to make money. No, it's not. If that were the case, you'd go pump gas. Like you want to do what you do for a reason. It's that whole Simon Sinek thing of start with why. So big thing that I like to do is I like to get crystal, crystal diamond clear with my clients about exactly who they are, what they're doing, what they're serving, why they're doing any of it, and then what they're going to do about it within the pragmatic, uh, realistic resources that they actually have time, skill, humans, money, all of it. And, um, Oftentimes their expectations are, oh, I'm just going to hand them this thing and they're going to get like a report at the end of it and they're going to go off. And then usually about two meetings into the work we do, it's like, oh my God, this is so much harder than I thought. Oh my God, this is like, this is a lot deeper than I thought. God, you ask a lot of invasive questions. Uh-huh. Are we getting somewhere? What do you think? Uh, 
yeah, actually, this is the furthest I've ever gotten with my business. I actually, actually, I can do it now. Yep. And that mm. is why I dig and that is why I do what I do. Yeah, no, and that, that's amazing. And it, it sounds like what you're doing is you're, well, it, it, it's sell them what they want and give them what they need. What they want is marketing. What they need is coaching. They need more than coaching. They, I mean, it, it's really like, it's, it's someone being in the trenches with them mm -hmm. um, and having their back. And that's actually the universal feedback I get from all my clients is like, no one will actually fight out these issues with me. You know, I, I, I tend to work with a lot of very stubborn, bullheaded entrepreneurs. And I love them because I myself am a stubborn, bullheaded entrepreneur. <laughs> so it's not a pejorative, but like no one is willing to go toe to toe with these people. I will on their behalf. I, I mean, it's the same thing I say to my husband. I love you enough to fight with you for you. Mm, and you need that. to do that. You can't pussyfoot around issues. If you see someone that has major like blockages and they're paying you and they're entrusting you and you don't point that out, you're committing malpractice. I'm yeah. sorry. It's malpractice. Like that makes me angry as hell seeing people get screwed over because the person they've hired doesn't have the chops to A, identify the truth or B, point it out. Mm. Yeah, that's and I, I think it comes out of confidence too. Like you're not afraid you know, you know, you can get more business. So you're not afraid for them to fire you because you stood up to them. Nope. If a client says, you know, no one talks to me like this, get out. You're like, all right, good luck. If I'm fired for doing the right thing, that's a damn good experience for me. Right. You can fire me again for it because I'm never going to stop doing the right thing. And the right thing means I need to cover your ass. You need to have somebody looking out for your blind spots. You need to have someone who will fight with you, call you on your crap um, and actually have your back for real. Like I'm in the foxhole with you. Mm-hmm. And that's so, what you need. And most people don't know how to do that or receive it. Yeah. So, so, so has that happened? Have you been, been fired for standing up to your clients for their, for their own good? You know, in the past, um, when I was, um, actively doing everything with the mar marketing company, um, some people really didn't like it because they just couldn't go to places other than surface, or they couldn't face the idea that they gasp might actually be responsible for their own problems. And I don't do well with people who want to live um, in denial. And absolutely, I've been fired for that. Never deterred me. Now that I do uh, what I do with consulting, um, I'm very, very clear up front. This is what you're going to get. And what we're starting with is going to lead the way to what you actually need. And I don't even know what you actually need right now. But the more I work with you, the more I will be able to see you truly and see the problem truly. And then we're going to be able to really put you on the right path to the wealth, the joy, the success you're looking for. Yeah. I, I, I so imagine that they're, they're, they're probably more getting into it for that. Whereas the marketing, they may have thought like, I thought you were just another marketing agency. What's going on? What are the invasive questions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's probably candidly, like one of the reasons why I wanted to retire is I don't do surface conversations. And if I see that someone is stepping on their own foot, I'm going to tell them to get off of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yep. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your hand hurts. Oh, you keep touching the hot stove. I have a thought for you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I think about that. I think one of the, the instincts I'm blessed with, which has gotten to where I am and I have no idea how I got it. So I can't claim any credit. Um, but it's that when I get in that space where someone unexpectedly coaches me, um, which in the moment sucks because it, it's usually someone like telling you all the reasons why you're, you're wrong and, um, and things you need to change and things you didn't want to face, but now you have to, cause now you know about them. But my instinct is to hear that and be like, ah, this is one of those learning moments that I need to shut up and listen and not argue 
I think it's probably because I had a couple times when I did argue and it blew up my face and realized mm-hmm. I lost out. So, but, but, you know, I, I've had those moments of, okay, now I'm going to receive this and the next 30 minutes are going to be unpleasant. So the next 30 years can be better. Um, but I think if people haven't learned that instinct, um, then there's coaches all around us. There's mentors all around us if we're Absolutely. smart enough to listen to them. Absolutely. You know, I just have this visceral reaction to receiving advice from my parents. It's like, is it the moment they give me advice? I'm like, no, deleted. And it's like, you know, I've had to like actively fight against that. And it's like, hey, hang on. They've taken a couple trips around the planet more than me. Like they they have a lot of value, right? I'm just, I'm one of those sovereign people where like, you can't tell me what to do. But, you know, getting um, unsolicited coaching is not a great time. It's not. Um, and the person who's giving it to you has a responsibility to be gentle with you. I mean, you could be yep. in a moment of being a really abhorrent monster, but it doesn't mean that that's how someone needs to respond to you. You know, yep. I think people have a duty to be responsible in their delivery. And I think that's one of the things that makes me not get fired now is I'm very warm, I'm very loving, I care so deeply about my clients, they can text me whenever they want, and I'm very nurturing, but I will absolutely kick you in the face when you need it. Like you need that, you need both. You know, you get people who are just way too soft and they're soft all the time, so they don't do the hard things. Then you get people who are too hard all the time and you know, you're afraid to be vulnerable with them. You need that happy medium. Like. This is Goldilocks here. Like <laughs> I am the, the the baby bear's bowl of porridge. That's me. That's my goal in life. <laughs> <laughs> I am the bo- the bowl of porridge. Lord yeah, why not? Yeah, that's your new slogan. Don't use that slogan. That is not a good slogan. I'm definitely not using that. It's, funny, <laughs> it's a hell of a visual. Like, wow, I never thought of myself as a bowl of mush. Neat. Okay. Yeah. I could be the chair that uh, Goldilocks broke. There you go. Um, yeah, and actually, I'm thinking about the way I so so I don't, I don't do a lot of coaching myself anymore because I focus more on the networking concierge and introductions, um, and because part of the reason I don't do coaching is that is so much energy to to like gently approach and work someone through the process. Um, but I will have friends that I'll see them having a challenge, like they'll say, "I haven't had like a job in twelve in twelve months. I've been searching for a job, I can't find a job," and you know, with my networking and business background. I know how they can find a job. I know how to network for a job. I know how to do that. And I'll reach out to them. But like, so I see you're having a problem. If you would like advice, solutions, I've got them. If you want a shoulder to cry on, I saw a whole bunch of other people comment on your Facebook post, cry on their shoulder. If you want some answers, I'm happy to give it to you. I don't have time to, to you know, listen to you, listen to your, your uh, you spout off your negative beliefs. So if you want the answer, I'm happy to share it. If you don't, I don't. And it's because, you know, I'm trying to help. I'm coming from a place of love, but also mm-hmm. recognizing my own limits that I don't want to be pulled into their world. Um, right. And that's actually kind of, that, that's that's trained me to be that kind of like kicky in the butt coach. And, you know, some people are like, yeah, no, thanks. And others are like, no, no. Okay. I, 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 I know there's an answer. Please give it to me, whatever it takes. You end up developing a reputation or a brand as, uh, you know, what someone's going to get when they come to you. So folks in my personal life, I know all the people who want the truth, the ugly version. When they ask me for my advice, it's like, oh, honey, you've been warned. (laughs) I'm not going to sugarcoat this to make you feel better. Does Mm -hmm. this make me look fat? Yes. Yes, it does. Go pick something else. Like, am Uh I screwing this up? Am I ruining my marriage? Yes, this is you. Uh Uh-huh. 
Like we need that. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really, really happy, um, with the clients that I have. I get a lot of, um, really warm appreciation. Like, thank you. I would not be doing what I, what I'm doing if it weren't for you, you know, without you in my corner, there's no way this would be happening. Um, you know, like no one will fight for me the way that you will. This is unbelievable. Thank you. Like, I love that, you know, like I'm not really that mushy of a person, but damn it. I like positive feedback like this. It feels like a million bucks. Oh <laughs> yes. Well, very sparkly and inspired. Yeah, no, I, I definitely know that. Uh, that that's why I still give free short coaching sessions to people. Cause usually the thank you email is like, I, I, when, when people say I'm more inspired than I've been in years or I'm more motivated than I've been in years, thanks to our conversation. I'm like, yep, that's payment right there. Good for you, dude. You're yep. doing some good in the world. That's that awesome. Is, that is pretty awesome. Um, so, so I heard you mention um, one of your uh, catchphrases, I might say, sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about what, what that word means to you. Okay. So if you look up sovereignty, you're going to hear things about rulers and queens and even uh, gold. Um, but sovereignty is the notion that we are born free and we are free to be who we want and make the choices that we organically want to make, regardless of how other people feel about it. This includes um, governments, parents, bosses, whatever. Um, it doesn't mean it, sovereignty. I want to be clear about what it isn't. It's not a license to disrespect other people or trample on other people's sovereignty. That's not mm-hmm. what it is. It is really about an obligation and a loyalty to you, to yourself. So mm-hmm. if, if, for example, if you ask me to do something that would make me have to betray myself to give it to you, I am morally obligated to say no to you because it is not something I'm willing to do or it is uh, my moral imperative to say yes to, to betray myself. I'm not going to do that. So um, even if we have disagreeing points of view and you really, really believe that I should do something, whatever the, the something is, I don't know, brush unicorns, I don't know, like whatever it is, like sovereignty is, uh, it's financial sovereignty and like really being independent and standing on your own te- two feet with all your money, making sure that you are capable and in charge of all your financial well-being. I mean, it's, it's sexually thinking about, you know, making sure that you're free to be as sexually expressed as you want to be. Like if, you know, I'm in a marriage and uh, a lot of people are, some people are not, but regardless of what situation you find yourself in, are you holding yourself back? Are you afraid someone's going to judge you? Or are you actually expressing yourself sexually so you can actually get your needs met so you can truly be yourself? Like self-esteem wise, are you living in your father's shadow? Are you living in your mother's shadow of like, mom said, I want you to grow up and be an attorney. So you did when you really wanted to be a little dollhouse builder. Like sovereignty is being loyal to yourself because you are free to be loyal to yourself. It's, it's a big thing. I love that concept. And, and, and kind of having that, that sovereign, sovereign authority, if you will, lets you do more of the right thing. So it, it makes like earlier we were talking about how, how, you know, you're not afraid to get fired by a client for doing the right thing. If someone's like, Oh my God, I need this client's check. Uh, I, I, my business will fail if they don't keep paying me. They mistreat the client because they lack the, the financial right. professional sovereignty to be able to do their job properly. Correct. I mean, when we are truly like expressing ourselves and living as sovereign beings, we become 
better spouses, better friends, better colleagues, better providers, better clients, because we're not operating from a place of lack. And most people act like crap because they're operating from a place of lack. Mm. When we operate from, I'm scared because you didn't do this thing that I want you to do. That's, that's lack. It's lack of security and lack of feeling of safe. When you are externalizing your needs for security, safety, love, money, sex, orgasms, yada, yada, you externalize it to other people. You're specifically not providing it to yourself and you are in lack. But if you actually meet your own damn needs and you don't sacrifice your needs for the satisfaction or the whims of another, you, you are better. Like, yes, in saying no to clients that are not well suited to me, um, I'm able to provide an absolutely stellar jaw-dropping result for the clients who align with me and I get to do it in the high integrity way that I'm known for. You know, that makes more sense when I, I don't know, when I'm in my relationship with my mom, we have a great relationship. If she says something to me that hurts my feelings, I am so sovereign and I am so solid in who I am and my Lauren-ness that I will say something to her and her, like if she says something I don't like, I will say something to her. It doesn't diminish me to do it. And I get to hold my boundaries, you know, like, Hey mom, wow, just stepped on a nerve. I, I love you. Please don't do that. You know? And I don't, mm. I, like, I don't have to tread on her to do it. I don't have to, you know, make other people lose money so I can make money. There's plenty of everything enough for all of us to go around. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of love, plenty of orgasms. Those are free. I mean, you can have one whatever you want. Like you can have the life that you want. There's no limit on it, but we place limits because we live in lack. Sovereignty is honestly, it's the absence of lack. I love that. that that's a, that's a powerful, powerful concept. Um, and I, and you're launching a, a podcast on that theme, right? Yes. And I'm so excited. Um, the guests I want to have on will be talking about the, all the different flavors mm -hmm. of sovereignty. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I've got someone booked, um, to talk about, uh, financial sovereignty. I've got um, a sexual health expert that I'm trying to track down so we can talk about how um, people are repressed and what we can do about that. Like, yes, there's so many things in the news lately about like sovereignty and it's got kind of like a negative slant to it. And that's completely screwed up. Like in, in no way should we be looking at sovereignty as a bad thing. It's not. And the yeah. people who do look at it as a bad thing are living in lack. And I want to serve these people very much and invite them to live their fullest, most amazing lives. That's a fantastic concept. Um, and, and, and I want to touch briefly on your your story. I think some people may hear that. Uh, and and first off, they'll be like, well, of course, you know, she she ran a successful business. She's retired. She's Of course, she can talk about being independent and sovereign because she's got money and resources. Um, but as I understand, you did not uh, you did not start with a lot of money and resources. Is that correct? No, I didn't. Um, it's funny how the more sovereign I became, the more all the good stuff started showing up. It wasn't, it wasn't really like the good stuff showed up and, and, and then I started stepping into my sovereignty. Uh-uh, it was the other way. Started stepping into my sovereignty and then the money showed up and whatever. So just a few highlights. I've declared bankruptcy. I was married before. Uh, it was a very um, unhappy marriage. Let's just put it that way. I was also in an abusive relationship where I was 
um, physically abused, sexually abused, mentally abused. Uh, I was picked on when I was a kid. I got ADHD and it makes it really hard to focus still, even after all these years. Um, it was really difficult when I was a kid. Um, yeah, there's a lot here. I was um, definitely having to fight for everything. And the thing is, you know, as a kid who was bullied and, you know, just kind of kicked around, um, it changes who you are and who you grow up to be mm -hmm. because you're used to being a victim. So it makes you kind of scrappy in some ways. So I remember when I was younger, people would be like, oh, you have a chip on your shoulder. Okay. What do you want me to tell you? I had a rough life. Also, you know, like, can we just have the conversation we're here to have? Like, it took me years to soften my edge. It took me years to get over the things that happened to me. I've been to so much therapy. I've worked on myself. I mean, you know, the retirement was half out of, um, yay, I've did it, done it, half out of, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just exhaustion. So, you know, for every success story, please understand there is always a dark, gross underbelly of horrible mm. things in there. Like I haven't met a single person who's had a really sparkly life. Maybe they exist. I just haven't met them. But like there is something bubbling under the surface that makes that person sad or defensive or resentful or insecure or not sovereign. Um, I had all of them. I had all of those things that was totally not living in my power. I mean, it's where my book came from was mm. so deeply not living in my sovereignty for so long um it caused me to get desperate enough and angry enough to look for a solution i found the solution and that's why i wrote my book and did the ted talk i love it yeah but i just wanted to share that because i think there might be some people who who dismiss that and they're like well you know i don't have any money when i have money then i'll start having sovereignty and and it's backwards yeah, no, like you get the money by leaning into your sovereignty. You get a better marriage. You get a better friendship circle. You get a better relationship with your mom. You you mm -hmm. get you get more when you actually step into your sovereignty because you can serve more and you show up better. Absolutely, and that's and I think there's some people who are like, well, maybe if I'm quieter and less abrasive, then then my spouse will like me better or my boss will like me better. And and the reality I think that most people see is when you actually stand up for yourself. And not in a jerk way, but in a like, this is where I stand. They respect you more. They appreciate it more. And and some people say, oh, there you are. You're a person. And others mm -hmm. might not say it, but you start to get that response that they're that that they respond better just because they're forced to respect you more. Absolutely. I mean, my God, at one point in life, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but at one point in life, I was very quiet. Clearly, <laughs> that is no longer the case. Um, but you know, the truth is sometimes people won't actually like you when you stand up and show them who they are. And you just got to live with that. Like, do you want to be in uh, an inauthentic relationship just so you can have a human next to you that can fog a mirror? Or would you rather be alone because you know that you don't have to change who you are and you will eventually find your people? Like, I will tell you right now, I am a handful. I know I'm a handful but that's why people love me, not in spite of, mm -hmm. right? Like my husband loves that I'm a scrapper. He loves that I'm a fighter. He loves that he can't push me over. You know, I fight for what I believe in and I absolutely speak my mind. It doesn't mean I'm a jerk about it, but I speak my mind and I'm very clear. And you know something? He respects me for it. 
My parents respect me for it. And when I say X, Y, and Z, people know that I'm serious. As a result, I'm not a doormat. Mm -hmm. This took me years to learn how to do. I mean, yeah. honestly, like it would have been great if I'd learned it earlier. <laughs> really, really great. But yep. you know, it's, it's rough. I mean, parents give us the advice of, hey, be yourself and the world will like you. That is a lie. Be yourself and half the world will hate your guts, but they're not your people. And the other half of the world will think you're really awesome and a select few will worship at the church of you. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. That's more than enough. That's like everything. Yeah. That is, that is incredible advice right there. So, so people are hearing this, especially if they are, if they are younger than us um, and saying, Hey, she wished she learned this when she was my age. I'm my age. I want to learn this. How can someone get in touch with you and, and gain this knowledge? So I always recommend people to read my book because it will help you to step into your sovereignty and also help you if you're in business to be a better business person, a better connector, a better networker, better whatever. The book is called The Six Habits and you can find it on Amazon. It's also available on my website at the, T-H-E, six, S-I-X, habits.com. Um, you can also get to the rest of all of my stuff. If you're feeling brave and you think you can spell a complicated Italian last name, which I don't think it's that hard, but I'm <laughs> years to do it. It's lauradibenedetto.com, but you can get to that from the sixhabits.com. Uh, if you shoot me a note, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me you uh, heard me on Michael's show, um, what you thought. See if, uh, I don't know, if any of my ideas, put a B in your bonnet. I want to hear about it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I figured out because I had to spell your name a number of times when I introduced you to people. Um, because every time it's, I'd like you to be Lord de Benedetto. I'm like, okay, which one's an I? The first one's an I, all the rest are E's until the O. I know, there's three freaking E's in my last name. I, God, I cannot stand, like, this is just a personal gripe. When I'm ever on the phone with, like, customer service and, like, and what's your name, please? Oh, God. My name's Laura Di Benedetto. Can you spell that, please? Sure. And then I have to phonetically spell it out. And then they're like, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, three minutes later, we're still working on spelling my name. And it's like, can I just lie to you and tell you my last name is like Smith? Can I just do that? Develop like an alter ego so I don't have to do this stupid rigmarole? Although I do get people asking, they regularly ask me to spell my last name. Really? White House. Huh. Yeah. I mean, they can't be very patriotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think it's just there. Like, you spell that same? It, it's White House. Do you actually need me to spell it? Oh, oh, sorry. I just always ask that. <laughs> oh, yeah, or, yeah. or, you know, W I G H T H A U S. You know, just to mess with them. Yeah, could be if you're feeling more um, European, Scandinavian, perhaps. Yeah. But, you know, listen, I've like picked fights with people at the DMV because they insisted on putting a space in my last name or not capitalizing the B. And I'm like, stop changing who I am. The people at the passport office thought it would be really, really nifty to actually change my damn name on my passport. That that seems like it'd be problematic. It is problematic. Because then the, the airline's like, your name doesn't match your passport. Well, if that's the only thing that they get, and then when you fly, that's generally the only thing that they get is the passport. You know, yep, I've got my yep. driver's license. Like, I had to make a plea. The folks here in Jacksonville, Florida are very, very nice. It's like, listen to me. Listen to me. These nice folks at the U.S. passport office messed up my name. Here's my birth certificate. This is what mom and dad called me. Here's my social security card. Here's my former driver's licenses. Can you please not do this? And they're like, 
oh, yeah, okay. Meanwhile, when I moved to Hawaii, they're like, no, I'm sorry. We have to go with, with what's on your passport. Like, <laughs> but no, that's not my name. I don't know. It just bugs you when it's your name. This is the universe challenging your sovereignty and giving Isn't you opportunities. It, Guess to... what? I'm still me, and the name is just the the sound that comes out of your moist mouth when you <laughs> want to talk about me. So, you know, I'm not going to worry about what you refer to me as, but if you want to spell it, I guess we're fighting. All right. <laughs> so you can go to www.thesixhabits.com. Exactly. Um, yeah, we'll leave people with that with that phrase moist mouth uh to to think about um and then go to the six habits.com uh, read her book and um you also do a ted a tedx talk which i've i've started um making a directory of tedx talks of people i know on my website i'm like i know a bunch of ted speakers 10 awesome. years ago i was like ted speakers oh my goodness those are amazing speakers and now i'm like i know a dozen of them this is pretty cool well, that's the thing is when you have more of that thing, it becomes a little diluted, but it doesn't diminish the honor that it was to be able to do it. It was it awesome. It is pretty awesome. I'd and I will say, this felt nice. Uh, the TED organization does not publish all of the TEDx talks on its website, mm -hmm. but they publish mine. There you go. So I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back. <laughs> Good job. I worked hard on it. So yeah, if anyone's listening, go check it out. It's on the TED website. It's also on my website, but uh, check it out. Hopefully it will leave you inspired. It is a pretty fantastic talk. Well, this has been a great interview and mm -hmm. a lot of great concepts. Good good energy there. Uh, this is definitely one of those interviews that, that if you're if you're ever feeling like, uh, then getting walked over, just listen to Laura again because she will <laughs> just, just through this interview, she'll kick you in the butt. Um, and then of course you can find her at the six habits.com and get her book and links to the Ted talk and all the rest of the good stuff. So thank you so much for being on the show. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This has been the guy who knows a guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guy who knows a slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv connect. Dot com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.